Welcome to episode 18-0010. This is Forged by Fire. My name is Ryan Stevens. I'm here with Rob Hefley. Today, we got a great episode about how to get through the hard times. What you think, Rob? Man, I'm excited to be back. It's been a couple months. I know you guys thinking what happened to these guys, but we've been on different uh, continents, <laughs> different we, states. We've been all over, man. We're like some of the busiest people. I mean, I, I was in Hawaii. You were in Orlando. And then you were Kentucky. Then I was in the Bahamas. Dude, we were we were all dude all over, man. But we're back. We're in uh, we're we're in the we're in the mix. We're in the lab and ready to get after it, Rob. First, before we get into it, man, tell me about your grid coordinates. Where are you at? How are you feeling? Where, what's life for Rob Hefley? Man, I feel like I'm in a huge transition stage, which sounds weird. Um, kind of, a couple months ago, I feel like God just kind of started stirring in me about some stuff about personally. And uh, there's a quote, you know, I've told you a couple times, you know, and it keeps like, it keeps me like every day I keep reading it. It's like, you know, live your life where you have nothing to hide, nothing to prove and nothing to fear. And I feel like uh, just change some stuff. I feel like I was trying to prove a lot of stuff. And I feel like most of my 30s, I was trying to prove stuff. But, I, you know, that and just my life just kind of changing some things. And, but a good place, though, man. Me and my wife are the best place I feel like we've been at in nine years of marriage, which is huge. We made it nine years. Boom. And the kids are healthy and uh, alive. When I left the house anyway, they're alive. You know, so they, 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 Yeah, hopefully they're still alive when I get back home. And I mean, just, I mean, a good place, man. I feel like, you know, spiritually growing and get stretched and uh, just changing some things in my life personally, because um, not only do I want to be, you know, I want to be the best husband, the best dad, you know, a, a good friend, you know, a, a good employee, but, you know, really thinking about legacy beyond material things, you know, spiritually, what am I leaving, you know, what kind of person I'm being and how am I affecting the world around me? Dude, that's good stuff, man. Um, where have you been? What have you accomplished in the last couple months, man? I know, I, I know, but what about the listeners? Can they tell you what, what's it like to be Rob Hefley? Man, I'll tell you this. Uh, I took up bow hunting again after 10 years, you know, and I, I planted some food plots by the house, and uh, the most humbling thing I've done, I've, I've missed uh, three deer with my bow. Uh, so, you know, that, you know, definitely, most people don't want to tell that stuff, but I was like, hey, got to get better. And I've changed a few things to get a little bit better, but, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, hey, I haven't had time to sit like the last, since I went gun hunting a little bit with the, with the kiddo, but I was like, I got to get out and kill a deer at the boat. I sit there to, to get, you know, say, dude, I what them. kind of, what kind of boat you showed me when I went over to your house, you're d- dude, it's like a heat seeking missile bow. I mean, it's like, it's super nice. Yeah, man. It's a, man, it's a huge thing. Uh, Archer's advantage hooked me up with Dewey Mainhand. Uh, one of our friends told me he used to work there and just kind of said, okay, go talk to them. Dewey's and, the man. And it's a Hoyt, uh, it's a carbon and the RX one just, uh, it's a nice, you know, really nice bow that my wife still thinks I probably paid way too much for. But, you know, I negotiated that with her to sit there just to give some blow money up and part of my birthday present. And uh, like I said, it's the it's the bow. It wasn't the bow. It was me that missed the deer. So because after I missed the deer, I went and shot and, you know, the groupings were fine, just, you know, perfectly. And uh, but they set up a really good bow there, Archer's Advantage. And um, just, you know, when those things too, man, humility, I think is you know, failure. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. It's like, you got to learn, you know, if you don't fail, then you're not growing, you're not growing. And if you don't sit there and try to adjust after failure too, I think, you know, what, you know, what am I doing wrong? Cause I even got in my kids, you know, kids playhouse was shooting out of it and shooting out of a chair to make sure I was right. Trying to learn some stuff that I was doing wrong. And, and also, man, since last time I've been, I've been in Hawaii, uh, I was in, uh, you know, for like 10 days, it seemed like forever. And then I also went to Bahamas cruise for that. And, and just uh, a lot of travel, and um, I, I'm ex- excited to kind of be home until Tuesday. We're going to Illinois. But after that, hopefully we'll be home until February. Boom. Kind of homestead it for a little bit. Spend some time with the kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's where, you know, man, I used to never crave routine. But now I crave, I like my bed. I like my my refrigerator. I like being up in our house. You know, I've got to set up where I can walk outside and hunt. You know, rock which is legit. Welcome to Arkansas. Yeah, California, eat your heart out <laughs> and sit there. I mean, I can walk outside. You know, I have all that stuff set up where that. You know, I got my own little. I was like my own little paradise there. And and uh, dude, once the renovations are done, your house is looking legit, especially the pool area. Dude, it's looking really, really nice. We're gonna have to fire up that fire pit. 
yeah, I'm excited. Definitely having some guys from Man Alive and some of our friends from S7 come hang out, you know, because I built a fire pit, you know, big enough to really, we could do a whole hog in there if we wanted to. Yeah, it's legit. So what about you, man? What about your grid coordinates? Where are you at right now? And where have you been at, I guess, the last two months? Man, I've been all over. You know how I am. I, I set goals real high, and I try to strive to obtain those goals. And um, I don't know anything different. Kind of Rob and I were talking about that. I don't I don't know any different, but go, go, go. And so I'm learning to relax. But during that time frame, um, I was very fortunate. I got to test for my brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And that, that process might be small for somebody else, but it's been about 10 years of my life on the mat. And so very fortunate to train under LDMA, a guy named Professor Danny Dreen. I love him for just who he is, man. He's a he, law enforcement. Um, he started stand-up and then decided to put on a white belt and start jiu-jitsu and just grew. And now he's got – he's one of the biggest, um, uh, highest-ranking black belts in Arkansas. And uh, I get to train under him, and he's a mentor, not just a Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach. And so – uh, I was honored to get my brown belt from him, and that was a huge step. So I'm one away from black belt, and I told him last time I said it's not really about the journey, and it's not really about the belts anymore. It's about the journey, and so super humble to uh, obtain that. So I mean, did Corey get her brown belt at the same time? She did. Yeah. And I told her I said next time you see Rob, you got to choke him out. She was like, "Oh, done. I'm gonna uh, hook him up." Uh, man, if you guys don't know Cora, uh, she is uh, one of the coaches at. Uh, the place I go to for here in town and she uh, uh, I'm scared of her and that's the best way to put it she's legit and uh, you know what's really cool uh, Danny said in front of everybody that she was like the second black belt I mean second brown belt female in his lineage that's which awesome. is yeah I mean think about how many people well you know jujitsu is very a um, a low roofed pyramid meaning that the bottom of the pyramid is wide i mean you got tons of white belts i mean as soon as you sign up your white belt and then it starts to uh, taper in with the blue belt and then as soon as you get to purple and brown it's like real small community um so yeah so i did that that was huge and then also man opportunity of a lifetime i got to go and um get sock p certified in kentucky Explain to us what sock P is because, you know, like I, I didn't know what it was until you told me. Man, I got selected to go to Special Operations Combatives Program, um, and I got to train with some of our nation's most elite warriors, man. I showed up, and I was like an old Honda Civic in a parking lot full of Ferraris. And, um, man, uh, it, w- it was held at uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky at 5th Special Forces Group, and dude, it was amazing. I learned some legit stuff and I just realized that I'm comfortably mid-grade on the pyramid of savage. You know, I'm right in the middle and, um, it was awesome. It's hosted by a guy named, um, Greg Thompson and he's been training special forces people, uh, all across the nation. And what it is, uh, special, uh, sock P takes modern like combatives. Uh, so martial arts for military people and it, it blends it for special operations people so they can fight in kit around objects. They can handcuff. They knew use of force options. So essentially, it's a defensive tactics for SWAT guys. So inside full kit, all of our stuff, the worst conditions, how can I put my hands on people and win that leverage war? And so, man, I learned a lot. And they also showed some low-vis stuff, meaning if I was operating in a semi-hostile environment, how could I, you know, tighten some dudes up if I needed to? I mean, that's pretty much everywhere, is it not? I mean, yeah, yeah, semi house. Yeah, you roll up in the hood, right? Uh, but dude, it was really cool, uh, Rob. If I could share, you know, that that certification was big for me uh, because I got Army Combative certified as an instructor, um, secure Air Force Security Forces Combatives instructor. And then I was a second degree black belt instructor trainer in the Marine Corps. And this SOC P was the last one. So essentially I got all the military combatives. And you know, it was funny, even though I got that, I still suck. <laughs> See, that's like, you being humble there. I mean, anybody that's ever rolled with Ryan or you got to punch him in the head knows that, you know, he's definitely, definitely not an easy fight. Um, you know, sit there, did, was there multiple like branches of service there or multiple like law enforcement? 
I mean, what was like the class and also like age wise, what do you feel like the age wise? I mean, the oh, class? I was, uh, you know, I was probably one of the older ones. Uh, there were some young studs in there. looks like they haven't had a carb in six months. Um, but there was some savages in there. Uh, the, there was a couple guys from fifth special forces group. There was one guy from, um, the green side, we'll call it. And, um, let me see what, there was two guys from the FBI, uh, deep undercover guys. And, um, man, it was legit. It was very, very cool. And I just don't want to give out too much of the details, but, um, it was a group of just really, really, um, awesome guys too. You know, you think you go in there and there'd be a lot of ego. They were probably the most savage, friendly people I've ever met. Like they would take your head off in a heartbeat, but they were very, very friendly, you know? And I think that's, what's really cool that we can learn or our listeners can learn is, uh, that humility piece, man. You, you, they had nothing to prove. Oh, uh, one guy, uh, you can look, uh, his name was Donnie, um, I think his name was Donnie Mack. I think it was his last name. He owns a dojo uh, right outside of Fort Campbell. Uh, maybe we can post it somewhere else. But, dude, he was such a friendly guy. He actually was 5th Special Forces Group and worked with the Marines back in 2004, an invasion of Iraq. Really, really good dude. Man, that's, I mean, that's really like once-in-a-lifetime kind of deal. And uh, Oh, hands down. And just and to be able to do that I and mean, stay in all those two, you're probably one of the the only person that has all those specialties. Well, and, that, and that's what Greg was saying. And you know what it is? It's just a, I've dedicated, uh, I found a, uh, in state and I just, I, I've my whole life, I've, uh, you know, been driven to that. And so, you know, I think our listeners can learn from that too, as you set a goal and let, let the, uh, let your brain be a compass, like a beacon and it'll drive you towards your goal, you yeah. know? And I was excited when you told me that you're going to go to that because I think a lot of times, even people at our age, physically they think I can't do certain things, you know. And even like I know you had you know some injuries to your back and knee and you know different things, but you know it was like two weeks. So I was like, you know, how are you doing? We're talking, you know, like you know taking taking the ass, had some salt baths. And oh yeah, I was bad. I was I was bathing it up, man. You know, yeah. I was yeah, I was definitely uh, Nyquil at night and Epsom salt baths for sure. But, you know, that part of it is like, you know, a huge deal is two weeks, two weeks of your life that, you know, you can look back on and say, you know, I accomplished this and, um, and just, you know, just looking the schools you've been to. I mean, I think that's huge on your resume and, uh, just, you know, just keep on learning. And I think that's the one thing too, I think both of us, I appreciate about you, but I know myself as being really always being a student and learning more because I don't think there's ever a time. I think the, every day I realize how much I don't know. Dude. Hands down. That is, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly right. Is every time you expose yourself in the failure, you learn what you don't know. That's why I say all the time, I'm comfortably mid-grade. Because there was things at that course that I just, it just blew my mind. Especially a lot of the low-vis stuff. Like when you're wearing just how somebody could be so lethal uh, without a team or in a, in a, in a low vis environment. It just blew my mind. And you know, another reason why, why we try to capture some of that Rob is so I can give it back. You know, that's the biggest thing where I enjoy, why am I a Brown belt for me to say that I'm a Brown belt? I could care less. It just, it allows me to obtain more knowledge to practice more so I can give it to somebody else paying it forward. You know, I learn it so that I can transfer it, you know? And that's one of the things too I've learned been in jujitsu is like you can have videos, you can have books, but it's all about being in the middle of it and sitting there practicing it. You know, sitting there watching it, somebody else do it, then doing it yourself. That's you know, right. Application part. And that's only by doing. It's like, you know, it's all about, you know, it's more it's more caught than taught. And I think that, you know, it's such a cool thing. You get to experience that and share it. I mean, that's you know, generationally, you know, stuff passed down and you know things get better and how you get better, you know. And just seeing, you know, knowing the history of jiu-jitsu and seeing where it came from and how Dude, it's Dude, you know what I'm proud about you, man? That you're on the mat getting after it. Like, I knew Rob back in the day, and now I'm seeing Rob on the mat and, like, putting on a gi and his tying his belt. I'm like, dude, I'm proud of this guy. And getting beat up weekly. Hey, come on. Hey, that's part of the game. I don't think I won for like six months when I first started. Uh, it's not It's not about winning. It's about surviving right now. That's yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like try, try not to drown. Exactly. That's that's the best way to put it. Man, just, you know, sit there. We talk about also about, you know, a huge deal for the S7 Tactical was, you know, the prayer night. Um, 
Um, tell us a little bit about that because I think that was a really cool thing that happened. Yeah, so we're a faith-based business um, at S7, and what we really wanted to do was a prayer night, uh, invite our members out at the, at a range at the range and um, collect a lot of prayers. So we put it out on social media, and Rob, we got some amazing prayers that came in. People we don't even know just said, "Hey, can you pray for my son? Hey, can you pray for my wife? She's got this this ailment, and I'm scared." Uh, all these things came in, and so what we did is we wrote all those prayers down, and I put them in an ammo box, and we all got there. We kind of socialized, had fun with some members. We lit a fire, and uh, after that, uh, we pray, we prayed as a big group, and then people just kind of picked prayers out of the ammo can and just kind of prayed over these prayers. They didn't even know these people, and, you know, the power of prayer is is big. If You, you know, we serve an all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing God, and so if we uh, bring those prayers up with heart believing, man, you could see some big things happen. And so that was big. And that's one thing that I'm proud to say that S7, uh, is trying to serve people. We're not just some kind of business collecting profits. We're actually trying to help people grow and pray over them in this dark world we live in. And so it was huge, man. It was, it was a big, um, and I was, you know, what's cool, Rob, I was having a bad day. And so when I showed up to prayer night, I was like, you know, full of piss and vinegar. I was all upset. And at the end, guess what, dude? I left with just a full heart. I mean, how can you not? I mean, that's one of those things I think a lot of times God uses things like that to kind of, I always talk about, you know, prayer sometimes doesn't change things. It changes our perspective. And I think, you know, our relationship with God, the closer we get to him, the better we see things. And I know me personally, it's like a lot of times just, you know, pausing for a minute, man, and just, you know, the prayer part um, is huge for us. And I, you know, kind of even getting where we talk about today, you know, talk about hard times. Um, man, you've, been, I, you've been through some hard times lately, Rob. Oh, man, you know, like, you know, ups and downs. You know, most of my hard times are first world problems. I feel like, uh, you know, we don't, we see things that, you know, that we think are hard or whatever. And, man, it's, uh, you know, hard times. I always think about how we all have a different perspective of what hard times is. And, man, just, uh, you know, even one of my favorite, you know, uh, country guys, Ryan Bingham, song Hard Times. It's one of my favorite all time. You got to listen to it sometime. But, um, man, I, I did the hardest thing as a dad I've ever done um, this last month. Uh, my son Judson, who uh, he just turned, he turned six the week of his birthday. Uh, he had a kid that died in a car wreck in his class. And uh, me and Jessica were laying in bed and she checked her voicemail because she'd been on a video call. She said, listen to this. And man, it immediately just like shot through me because it was a week of Judson's birthday. He's still five. I'm going to turn six later that week. And this little boy was his buddy. And, uh, I was like, I knew the next morning I had to tell him that this kid died. Dang. And, uh, and my son, man, you know, I'm probably overprotective helicopter dad in a way. And I was like, I wanted his innocence. You know, I was like, this is the first time he has to experience this. And, uh, so I got in and sleep that night and got up early and just prayed and, it's like, Lord, let me say the right things, you know. And he got, I got him up a little bit earlier and, and talked to him, man. How did he take it? Uh, he got sad. You know, kids that age are usually pretty resilient. I know that from counseling. But he, uh, you know, hugged him, loved on him, and, you know, just kind of talked to him and, and uh, looked at some pictures of him and his buddy. You know, because I had some pictures, actually, of this class, you know, and he showed me who he was and kind of talked about that, you know, some good things and what he liked and uh let him process that, man. But that is the hardest thing as a dad um, I've done so far. And uh, it made me, you know, hug my kids 10 times tighter, man, and love them even more because I can't imagine because mm. the kid's parents actually survived the car wreck and he didn't. And I cannot imagine, you know, living through that, you know, knowing that. And just, uh, you know, that week was, you know, Judson, me and him actually camped out in a tent one night because um, I got to – if. That way, just me and him hung out and just kind of let him process that. I'm sitting in the deer blind, and um, we actually had his birthday party at Forest. So, you know, he got the break. A got the break. A I saw that <laughs> he thought he was awesome. You know, sit there, got yeah. to break something, and you know, and some of the kids from his class were there. And uh, man, just you know, sitting there like you think you know you can you can't protect your kids from everything. Well, you know what I think, Rob. We can learn from that story. One is that we can realize that tomorrow's not promised. Tomorrow's not promised. You know, we sometimes I think we take things for granted. You know, even maybe our children, even our wife, even our job, we take it for granted. But tomorrow's not promised. And I think 
you know, uh, appreciating those things. And that's probably, you know, going through hard times. That's probably something that could probably help us get through hard times, you know, is uh, being thankful, being thankful of what we have. I mean, I, I think gratitude, you know, you can't live on the mountaintops, but gratitude comes, you know, in the valleys, being on the mountaintops and sit there. You know, you know, sometimes we live in the valleys of that. This is where it's lush, it's green. And, you know, learning to live, we're not going to live on the mountaintops. And that's, you know, the part of hard times, you know, you know, everything can, will change. You know, it's seasonal, man. That's where, and I think that's like we have tons of, me and Ryan around tons of men. And, man, I, I got to, uh, we were actually a, at a fundraiser for our really good friend, Courtney Leach, um, Friday night. And I got to see a ton of our friends, man, that are all in good places. And some of them haven't been. And, uh, you know, like I was seeing the seasons of their life, how, and that's the one thing I was sitting there just looking that's around the room. That's a really good point. And, you know, seeing joy and seeing happiness and, you know, having a good time and laughing and joking. And even the last three, you know, three or four years, some of them went through some serious ups and downs, you know, failed marriages, you know, just some rough stuff. And I was like, man, what, how fun it is I get to be in this time of my life to be a part of their life, you know? And I was like, you know, locking locking arms with some of these guys and, you know, walking through, you know, the rough times, but, you know, also getting to celebrate the good times. So what would you tell somebody if they came up to you, Rob, and said, man, you just don't understand. I'm, I, this is one of the hardest things that I'm going through. Would you tell them? Would you tell them that change it or seasonal? What would you tell them? Man, I'll, I'll always, this one, somebody would always say, it's going to be fine. I'll pray for you. You know, a lot of times I just want to punch them in the face, <laughs> you know, but I mean, yes. I really think, you know, that, you know, that cause I don't think we ever think anybody's been through what we've been through, but you know, I really think always everybody's been through it. You know, some people are thriving afterwards and, uh, man, I just, I'm really big about taking one day at a time. And cause I, you know, I read that verse early, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and righteousness. And these things will be added to you. Take no thought for tomorrow. Cause today has enough evil of its own. It's like, man, worry about seek God today. And, you know, not, you know, tomorrow's going to be, you know, it's another day, another battle. It might be good, might be bad. And I really think, you know, learning how to live every day because, you know, like I said, the seasons, you know, come and go. And uh, a lot of times we think, man, it's going to be horrible for the rest of my life. But I'm really big about, hey, what can I do today tangibly to change it? You know, mm. and what can I do spiritually? I can pray. And, uh, I think a lot of people can't see outside the storm. You know, when the storm hits... And we've all been through storms. Rob, I know your story. You know, that's why you're my buddy, you know. And uh, like Rob said, we mentor, you know, a lot of men. And we try to share some of the stories that we've talked to these men about. Uh, we want to try to share on this podcast so we can help a broader audience. And sometimes if you're inside that storm, something, you lose your job, uh, your wife cheats on you or leaves you, uh, a death of a child. Sometimes you can't see outside that storm, but in reality, the storm will pass. It doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it right, but it will pass. Um, and one thing that I found, uh, somebody told me, I can't remember who told me, but they said inside of a, a, a storm in the ocean, a real bad storm, they said if you swim against the waves, you'll get tired and die. Right. So you just got to let the ocean take you where it is and then let the storm go over. Because if you swim against against the waves, it'll throw you under and kill you. And so, you know, I think if you're a listener and you're going through the hard times, there is a positive outlook saying, hey, you know, you, you might be in the darkest of times. But just like Rob said, seasonal change. And one of the big things, man, too, is like. Men are isolationists. We are like islands. You that know, is so true. Lean into your friends. Lean into your real friends. Lean into them, you know, saying, hey, I need help. And sit there because your real friends are going to be there for you. You know, lean into it. I, I told a guy this yesterday. I was like, his wife, I was like, lean into your wife. Be honest with her. Love on her. You know, because she is, you know, your biggest fan. She's she's the one that's, you know, seen you at your worst and she loves you where you're at. And sometimes you don't want to because of pride, but, you know, lean into your wife, lean into your friends and don't be an isolationist. Don't, you know, shut or shut off people. Don't put up the walls. You don't have to give your stuff to everybody, but, you know, lean into your friends is one of the biggest things I can say. And, man, I, and I'm a huge advocate too, man, of therapy. You know, I think a lot of times men have traumas they've not dealt with that, Man, it's a cycle that comes back around until they deal with that. It's always going to be something, and uh, and I'm really huge, you know, advocate of EMDR therapy, especially for traumas, 
And uh, it's one of those things too, like if that's something you're dealing with, reach out to me because I got several therapists I can point you to that deals with that stuff. Because, you know, if you're dealing with PTSD or anything, you know, sometimes you sit there and say, hey, I didn't even serve. But here's what happens is, man, trauma comes in different forms and different things that happen. And I was like, that is a huge deal, I think, to deal with because you owe it to yourself and owe it to your family to be healthy, to be the best version of yourself. What if I tell you, Rob, I don't have no problems. I'm perfect, bro. There's, I, I don't struggle with anything. I'm tough. You're Hold lying you. to yourself. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, what's, what's really funny is um, sometimes when I first started doing some self-reflection is you want to lie and say, hey, man, I'm good. But you know what happens? That study led me to do... I mean, self-reflection uh, forced me to do a study, and the study showed that the suicide rate amongst men is astronomically high, right? So um, I think it's like one out of every, I can't remember, it was like one out of every three, I can't remember what it was, but it was astronomical that there's more men killing themselves than females. So if we're so freaking tough, why is the suicide rate so high? Right. Right now, they say that 22 veterans are killing themselves a day. Right. So if if we're so tough and we're so savage, why is the suicide rate so high? And I think it's because what you said is isolation. I think there's, uh, you know, in the Bible, one of my favorite verses is that if you confess before men, you'll be healed. You confess before the father, you'll be forgiven. And so that healing has to happen with your buddies. It's just saying, hey, man, check it out. This is what I'm going through. And it doesn't mean that you have to be a wine bag. It doesn't mean that you have to be, oh, poor me, look what the world's doing. God's like, hey, bro, check it out. I'm going to put you through some hardships. Welcome to the dojo. You know, I, I, I don't really care about your feelings. I care about your salvation. And so you're going to go through hard times. But I think getting that out and talking to your buddies. Well, I mean, it's, and I'm talking about more than accountability. Like me and Ryan have more than an accountability relationship. Accountability is like he can look at me and lie to me. <laughs> yeah, true. But us being brothers and doing life together when something's not right he calls me out on it he's like that's bs what's going on you know like i'm like everything's fine you know? when you walk up and i say rob how you doing yourself i'm doing good you're like no you're not you're like you're right i'm not doing good but that's i mean that's what you know you need those people in your life like that and we talk about you know band of brothers and stuff like that all the time but it's such an important thing to have and that's where when you're not doing good, those those guys are the ones that are there for you and say, hey, what's going on? What's really going on? You know, and you come to our house and sit down, let's talk, you know, to check on you. And they're the ones to help to guide you towards what you need. And that's where, you know, those friends in your life, man, I, don't don't shut them out. And was, those people in your wife, if you have a wife, or because they're the ones that going to be there for you. They're the ones, you know, they're more than acquaintances. That's right. Hey, Rob, you know something that helps me uh, get through hard times? is when I go back and look what I've accomplished, right? So sometimes you're inside the storm and you look and you're like, oh man, this is this is deep. This is going to be hard to get over. Or maybe even it's, it's something at work, right? Your boss comes up and says, hey, here's this huge project and it's due in three hours, <laughs> you know, like a, a two-week project and it's due tomorrow, right? So you start to doubt yourself. What helps me get through hard times? I don't know if it works for you is sometimes I go back and look what I've accomplished. You know, sometimes when you're walking up a hill, you look and it's just like, man, it should keep you getting steep. But if you stop, turn around and look and you see how far you've gone on that path, man, talk about encouragement. Yeah, I learned, I've learned this from Jessica because one of the things I've talked about this before, she's like, I climbed a mountain. Like it's like 14,000 foot and I give her a hard time. I was like, people do that in four hours. You know, it took you like, I was like a week. And she's like, shut up. But that was <laughs> she, like, <laughs> she's like, zip, but I still climbed the mountain. Exactly. You know, the pack, you know, she's like, I climbed a mountain. You know, then her next thing is she's like, I had two babies at home with the midwife without any drugs, you know. And I was like, definitely you did that. She just dropped the mic on you. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, if I ever shoot you, I'll shoot you twice. <laughs> <laughs> and she, but those things right there, he's like, how far I came. And even the biblically, man, there's a thing called Ebenezer Rock. It's like how far I came. You know, it's like, hey, this is this is like I'm gonna. This is how far we've came, and you know, looking back, and a lot of times, you know, I even think about this. What I did a, you know, I did a sprint triathlon last year and swimming. Man, I am like a horrible swimmer, you know. But you know, sitting there swimming, like you seem like you swim forever, and like you know, and you look and see how far, and you finally get out. It's like I made it. You know, I came this far. You know, you know, and but it's it's all about progress. It's all about you know, you're going a little ways. You know, look how far you've came and. 
And also celebrate those, man. Some ce- Celebrate progress. I'm a huge thing, you know, celebrate progress where you're at because sometimes, you know, we have to celebrate the little things, you know, before because sometimes, man, these things take years to, to work out, to be where you need to be at. And, uh, you know, sitting there, those things that, you know, not just from that end up, you know, just remember. I think a lot of times, you know, the remembrance of those things that we have accomplished, where we're at and where, you know, where we're going, you know, that's, it's not always about the destination because it's the journey is what usually is the best part. And I think sometimes that's why I said, take it one day at a time, because the journey is, if you're always looking at the destination, you forget about the little things, the good things that happen to you on the way. Yeah, that's good, man. I like, I like going back and looking and remember, you know, I had a guy at work and maybe your hard time is not something serious like a divorce or something like that, or a bankruptcy or loss of job. But Sometimes a friend can pick out your hard times. I had a guy at work that was just being super negative, and he's not normally like that. And I just saw him slowly ratcheting down on his enthusiasm, and he started to become more negative and cynical. And I pulled him aside. He was a military. He's a military vet. And I said, hey, dude, what's going on? He said, nothing, man, I'm fine. Gave me the typical Rob Heffley answer, right, the dude answer. And I said, "I said, hey, bro, um, I can tell things are beating you down a little bit. You don't have to say anything. What I challenge you to do is go back. And in the military, I don't know if you had one, but some military dudes have a love me binder with all your certificates. I said, bro, go back and look at yourself in uniform. Go back and look at your certificates and see what you have accomplished and who you are. Because if you let people determine your value, they're always going to value you less than you're truly worth. Think about that. And so... Man, there was this little spark that happened in him. And sure enough, comes to work the next day. He's got a smile on his face, different person. And so I think looking through, I mean, going back and look what you have accomplished or just remember how tough you are can get you through the hard times. I think another one, Rob, that our listeners can use is I think using a hard time as a learning experience. Man, so, you know, my failures are way more than my successes. You know, that that's the that part is the failures. You know, John Maxwell talks about failing forward. You know, we learn about it. And uh, I just, you know, I want to read this quote. I read it to Ryan earlier because it kind of hit me. And I know some of you guys have read this book before. It's Out of Love Does by Bob Goff. But it says, The thing I love about God is he is intentionally guides people into failure. He made us born as little kids who can't walk or talk or even use a bathroom correctly. We have to be taught everything. All that learning takes time, and he made us so we are dependent on him, our parents, and each other. The whole thing is designed so we try again and again until we finally get it right. And the whole time, he is endlessly patient. You know, I love those passages in Scripture where Jesus teaches the disciples something, saying, I want to teach you think to think differently about life. They walked with him for years, and some of them didn't learn everything they needed to know until after he'd gone back to heaven. Yet, even though they were slow to learn, they still referred to themselves as his beloved. Failure is just part of the process, and it's not just okay, it's better than okay. God doesn't want failure to shut us down. God didn't make it a three-strike-and-you're-out sort of thing. It's more about how God helps us dust ourselves off so we can swing for the fences again. And all of us, all of this without helping a meticulous record of our screw-ups. You know, He's not keeping a record of that. It's the part of, you know, is get back up and keep going. I think that's a huge thing because sometimes I see people quit after one failure or quit, you know, I'm like, what's going on? It's just, that's a, that's a learn. You've learned in those other options and, you know, we're scared to fail again. You're going to fail again. I mean, that's just part of life. I mean, that is, it's going to happen. You're going to screw up. You're going to do something and not make the best thing. But I was like, the quicker you learn how to get back up, the easier it becomes. Yeah. You know, I actually shared this with a guy that I was mentoring. He's going through a divorce right now. And so, I mean, talk about rock bottom, right? But I told him, I said, you know, this could be a great learning experience. You know, this is a, this might be a failure not caused by your actions or maybe your, your actions, but this, this is a great opportunity for you to use this and grow and and now you know maybe right so maybe it's a it's a bad marriage and now you know qualities you shouldn't you know shouldn't pick or maybe you know things that you did wrong and could have done better and uh, we kind of talked about that and uh, there was some self-reflection after he said you know what you're right 
I said, you know, he said, you know, you're right. Once I'm at rock bottom, now I can make a self-reflection. I can look back of what I've accomplished, right? And I can take this one day at a, a time. And uh, yeah, so I mean, just thinking about these things, sometimes you have to have some sort of plan to get out of the darkness once you get in there. And I mean, failure is one of those things that's inevitable. And that's where a lot of times we, uh, and I see this with parents and even with my own kids, we don't want them to fail. But so they should fail. They should fail. They, they should fall out of the tree. They need to learn because, you know, with failure, there's pain. And pain becomes, that's how you learn. How, how many times does it take to touch that oven top when it's hot? Exactly. I mean, it's like if you don't let your kids fail now, they'll go to they'll go to prison. Probably. I mean, that's just a way I believe them. My kids, I was like, I hate saying that, but you have to let them fail and let them learn that now because it's just, it's part of the, one of those things that's so hard to let our kids learn that. But I think, you know, let them learn failure. And uh, it's just not easy. Hey, what about jujitsu? Jujitsu is failure. One of dude, when you first start, it, it's just like yeah, <laughs> failing day. I tell Ron, you know, it's not. It's like you know, it's not about even winning. It's about surviving the 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 hour, and you know, learning those things. And which it makes it makes it fun because I think that's one thing too. A lot of men will not try something they are not good at. And I mean, I really, no matter what in in life, if it's riding a bicycle, jujitsu, whatever. Just because you're not good at it or expert, still try it because failing, you know, it's learning. It's fun. You know, those things, I think when you can laugh at yourself and sit there and get, you know, you're not the best at something, it's okay not to be the best at something. That's right. You know, my jujitsu coach says that you have to lose a thousand times before you can win once. So you got to practice and practice. You know, sometimes in, in practice, they'll be like, check out this sick new sweep and I'll do it once. And I'm like, I got it. And then we'll get in there and roll. I don't got it. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, practice and practice and practice. And it comes with failure. And, you know, it's really cool. It's almost like a, I, I, I think of it like a, uh, like a sword and like a grindstone, right? Every time the sword hits the grindstone, there's damage that happens. But once you keep grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding, soon an edge starts to form. And then you do the fine-tuning, and it becomes razor edge. Like you have just, it's, it's, it's perfect. And so that happens through adversity. That whole process is adversity, is heating and moving the metal and changing its properties. And so it's the same with a man, but yet some men don't understand that. So what you think, dude? And I just, you know, sit there just, uh, you know, learning, like I said, it's an experience, you know, the failure part of it is a learning experience. Hard times part of it. It's part of life. You know, there's a verse that says it rains on the just and the unjust. It's, it's going to happen. And it's going to happen to your kids. You know, let them also. Um, Fail and, and see what it feels like. Oh, yeah. And like today, Pastor Mark, uh, look at this quote too. I kind of thought this is kind of going to go with it. Said, he quoted Lecrae. It's like, if you live for people's acceptance, you will you will die from the rejection. Dude, and, that's good. And, you know, that part too is like, you know, you're felt, you know, sit there constantly. Well, why are you doing stuff? You know, and, you know, that's going to, you're going to fail. And with that, and one, one of my favorite things, my other favorite theologians there, Garth Brooks, you know, some of God's. Yo, Garth Brooks. <laughs> unanswered prayers. Come on, man. I've seen you post that on our, on our notes and our quotes, you know, uh, I th you know, I think about, you know, Ron's talking about, you know, the high school girlfriend, you know, I was cracking up when I read that, you know, he put out, I was like, Garth Brooks right there. Dude. Yeah. yeah well, what, what I was telling Rob before we got on the show is that sometimes during hard times, not getting what you want is a blessing. You know, you think about it. Sometimes you're like, it's a hard times and, and, and you have to go through this, 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 you know, adversity and you're like, well, if I could just have this. Or, you know, like a high school girlfriend, right? If, well, if I could just, you know, this is the one that I want to marry. And your parents are like, no, you're an idiot. Go put yourself on auto slap. You know, that's not the woman you want to marry. You're like, no, it is. And so you go through this hard time in reality. You look back on it and you say, what? That's exactly what I needed. I mean, I mean, that song, you know, Unanswered Prayers, it's just hilarious if you, if you listen to it and you guys that know it. Um, I mean, so well, because I think a lot of times we don't know what we need. We think we know what we need. We and, don't know what we need. You know, sit there and we try to manufacture something or try, you know, relationships. And, um, and I, and look, I look at, <clears throat> I've screwed more stuff up, you know. And that's why I think about, you know, real prayers, not just praying for what I want, but praying, God, you know, let me have what you want me to have and let me be. And, 
help me get to the place where you want me in my heart and my mind and not just focus on God, give me this, give me that. Has there been something, Rob, where you had to go through something and at the time you thought it was negative and in the long run it was something that prepped you for something else or forged you into the man that you are today and you're thankful for it now in the future? Uh, there's so many things. I think a lot of my stuff was like a bad decisions. So I put, I put myself in those situations, you know, like making bad decisions, whether it be in relationships, financially, job wise. I mean, I mean, there's so many things and there's, and there's stuff too. that's happened to me that I had no control over. Um, you know, I talked to just, uh, earlier, like, I mean, I think, uh, kind of like a small area in my life, a small couple of years is really rough as a kid. And looking back, I didn't know, I mean, looking back, I know it's way more than a problem, you know, normal kids go through because in like a year's time I lost or two years time, I lost two grandparents. My parents got divorced. One of them got divorced two times. My brother died and my uncle died. And uh, it was like, bam, 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 you know, from like 10 to 12. And I moved to three different schools. And so what did you do to help get you through the hard times right there? Um, you know, as a kid, man, you're uh, kids are resilient. Thank God, you know, like a lot of stuff. But you know, you look back that, uh, you know, acting out and different things. Grades weren't that great. You know, looking out how, um, some vows I made, which are probably not good. You know, at that age, that, you know, I'll never get divorced, which means like part is like I'll never get married because I didn't want to go through that feeling of mm. marriage and divorce my parents went through. Um, and some of the, you know, those things that you know that, I think a lot of times we make vows in those rough times. You know, they're really hard. A vow, a vow. So explain it to our listeners that maybe have never been through Man Alive. Like, what um, would be a vow? A vow, like you know, a lot of times say, you know, I'll never let someone hurt me. So I'll Dude, never I had that married. vow. Hey, I had that same thing, right? Uh, you know, you know, and you don't realize you make that vow. Um, um, those things, you don't look at your life. You don't think, man, I, I or I'll always, you sit there and sit there. You'll make those things that... I'll, you know, never let somebody hurt me or, you know, that vow, like, you know, and even an irrational thought, you know, that you're not good enough. And that was one of the ones that I, that kind of was buried in my head because my my parents got divorced when I was 10. I thought part of it was my fault. I wasn't good enough for my dad to stay. So every time something negative happened where I didn't get picked or didn't think, you know, I'm not good enough was kind of like ingrained in my head. You know, even through now, Jessica's associate that she's like, that's not what I'm saying to you. you know? And I was like, I know that, you know, I'm good enough. And uh, that's right. So when you look back, what what is a blessing now from the hard times? You look back and you say that was horrible experience. That was a hard time in my life. But now you look back and say it's a blessing that that happened to me. And it was, you know, those things that I think God never wastes a story. And uh, when I see fr- when I see friends going through loss in one of those ways, I can sit there. And a lot of times I was like. I don't think you know exactly their situation, but I'll tell them my story. You know, I'm like, this is what happened to me. And, uh, you know, and you don't think about, you know, what's going on. And even like the day my brother died, December 9th, 1991. I mean, I remember what I was wearing, you know, I remember the day like vividly and, uh, and remember the last day I spent with my brother and just, you know, those things in my life, I was like, Hey, that's a huge deal about loss. And, uh, you know, some people have never experienced loss and, um, I don't, I definitely don't take people for granted. You know, there's things I wish I spent more time with him and learn more about him, you know, even though I was younger, but, uh, I tell people, I was like, Hey, you can make it through this. I've watched my dad, my mom, you know, my, my sister-in-law, my nephew, who's, you know, is nine weeks old, you know, grow up, he ended up getting a great stepdad, but you know, those things like that, you don't think. You can make it through. And even when my, my parents got divorced, my mom left and she had $13. And uh, I always look back. I was like, man, we made it, you know. We, sit we made there. it. <laughs> yeah, I sit there. You know, those things, that, you know, that God, you know, has always he take, took care of us. My mom always made sure I had, I mean, what I needed. So, I mean, that helped my God's always faithful. Dude, that's so good that you look back and you say that it's a blessing now because, you know, what I'm hearing you say is that you have you have to be tested to have a testimony. And so you were tested. Now you can use that as a blessing to somebody else. Because I think sometimes as men, uh, I hear a lot, like, you don't know what I'm going through. I hear that a lot from guys, like, you don't you don't even have a clue what I'm going through. Well, if you've been tested, you have a testimony, then you can start to talk to that person. 
right? You can start to relate on some level and help them get through the fire. Well, I mean, I think that's a huge part. Not, and it's been easy for me to be more vulnerable about my stuff, just be laid out there. Cause I mean, I've made tons of mistakes and, uh, is that what qualifies you to do this podcast, Rob? I am like, you know, I always joke. I was like, you know, people, I mean, he's like, you don't know what I've done or you don't know what I did or you don't know what I'm doing or you don't know where I'm at. I'm like, man, I have, you know, a closet full of skeletons, you know, I've got like the walk-in closet, but you know what? I was like, open it up, go in there and look and see, yeah, we'll you, talk about it. You know, what's really cool, Rob, about you. And I think this podcast and, and how we linked up is that, from the outside, you would look at Rob Heffley, and maybe from my situation as well, you'd be like, oh, look at this guy, you know, Rob, you know, he, he's successful, you know, he's married to a beautiful wife, he's got kids, you know, he runs a company, he flies all over the world, the guy's per- the guy has never, you know, and you're like, er, wrong, bro, I've made every mistake you can think of, you know what I mean? And I think that's what's really cool about, maybe that's why we have the fortunate opportunity to mentor so many men is because we're broken and the just like our title of our podcast says is forged by fire i mean that's it you know the reason why we can talk to other men or be successful in life is because we've life has hit us in the face with a bat on numerous occasions you know what i mean i mean i think that's i think that's such a big part of it um is like i realized man, I didn't want to do life alone. And, uh, you know, about three years ago, Man Alive really changed my, I felt like I just found a bunch of like just misfits, you know, people I'd probably never be friends with some of them in real life, you know, or I'd be probably think I'm going to be, um, but it was like, Hey, you know, you're one of us, you're sitting there just, you know, to be real. And you're not the only one going through this stuff, you know, as an adult and it's okay, um, to be honest and be real. And, and I think what happens is we, Men think nobody else is going through stuff or everybody's got together. And, you know, and that's what, you know, I'm huge. I still pose. You know, I always joke about posers. I look at people, you know. Everybody's po- <laughs> got to be John Wayne. Yeah. And I was like, you know, posing. That's what, you know, that's, and you see them everywhere. And I still, you know, pose because I want to look the best. I think sometimes men quit posing. Or I'll see friends and I'll we'll joke with each other, quit posing. And, you know, like, and I, I don't have it all together. And i definitely broken. But. What I realized, man, through all that stuff is like, man, Jesus has been there right next to me. And anytime it's me walking away or me not relying enough on him or praying or sitting there just, you know, not getting, you know, like this last year, man, I feel like 2018, it was been the roughest year in our marriage. And uh, and you guys have heard parts of that through the podcast and once known, walked through it. But what's crazy is at the fourth quarter now, we are in the best place we've ever been in our marriage. Boom. And uh, and it's just because, you know, we sit there and fought for it. And, you know, from counseling to intensives to, you know, some late night talks to just, you know, man, just a lot of hard parts of it is like, hey, we're going to, you know, this is something we want to do well. And we've got to help people with that and just, you know, be a part of some stuff. And just those things, I think, man, it's going to, it's going to, hard times are going to happen and uh brokenness is going to happen and you know the sinful world things are going to happen but i was like you have a choice how you react to it yeah i tell my i tell my wife your your reaction is your responsibility that's what i tell her because sometimes they say have you ever heard this rob you're making me mad no, actually, it's your choice to be mad. And sometimes that doesn't help. That's like throwing gasoline on the fire, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. You I'm know, like, the, no, that's your choice. I'm I'm not making you mad. You're making yourself mad. I think yeah, your wife definitely is the one on the Enneagram for sure. You know, anger dude, is their she, sin. Dude, she, uh, she's tall, man. She'll, she'll head kick me. But saying that like, right there, I want to read this. This is another quote. It's out of a here and now. Uh, Henry Nowen wrote this several years ago. It says, but understanding our wounds is not enough. Finally, we must find the freedom to step over our wounds and the courage to forgive those who have wounded us. The real danger is to get stuck in anger and resentment. Then we start living as the wounded one, always complaining that life isn't fair. Uh Uh-oh, the victim card. Yeah. And that's what, you know, when we see people like this all the time, and and what's sad is a lot of times they don't even know they're they're at that place. It's like, hey, you know, you you can live that way or you can get over it. And a lot of times when you're sitting there and you have anger and resentment towards somebody, 
I think 99% of the time that person doesn't know or doesn't care. Dang. That is, that's deep right there, right? They don't know or they don't even care. So it's wasted energy is what you're saying, Rob. Well, it's like you're, dr- you're drinking big. the poison and wanting them to be affected. That's what, yeah. you know, that's the whole thing. We see that all the time. And, uh, you know, I, you know, through divorces, through different things like that, I've seen guys, I'm like, man, go on with your life. You know, you know, it's over. It's, you know, it's not, you know, different times. There's things that you happen. I was like, you're, you're anger, resentful for years, you know, especially people that I think men isolate themselves and self-medicate because they're sitting there trying to sit there, their pain instead of sitting there. It's like, Hey, how can I, how can I, how can I get past this? Dang. So I think sometimes Rob, even if there is negativity in your life, I think you need to allow yourself to have fun. I think you got to take time, man, to laugh and joke, even in the hard times. You know, uh, I say this when I was in the military, when the things got real rough, we would laugh. Like we had, there was this time that we were on route mobile, which is, uh, in 2003, 2004, that was, a uh, route Tampa and route mobile route Tampa, I believe ran North and South and mobile ran East and West. These big military supply routes, they're huge roads, right? Freeways essentially. And I remember being on the side of the road and we were doing just this quick VCP, this vehicle checkpoint. And we started taking uh, artillery, like uh, mortars or artillery. And we started laughing because they were walking it in on us. Well, what happens is that laughter, that fun during the hard times got us through the hard times. And so I challenge somebody, you know, if you're right now, find the humor in it. Even sometimes law enforcement officers, uh, I train law enforcement officers and you'll see it during the dark humor. They'll laugh and it gets them through the hard times. And so, I mean, get a sense of humor about it. And we laughed. And let me tell you, man, that got us through that hard times. The mortars were getting walked in. We could have easily flipped to chaos and start making mistakes. But instead, it was a lot like the Spartans, you know. They were like, we're going to fight in the shade. And they put up their their shields and the, and the arrows started dating. They were laughing about getting just bombarded with arrows, you know, talking trash. So I think for me, this is one of my coping mechanisms when the hard times really hit. I laugh at other people's chaos. So like when things just start falling apart or when you're driving that Honda Civic at 120 miles an hour and the cars start to, the wheels start to fall off. Um, I'll laugh at the situation, you know, and I find the humor and that gets me through the hard times. What's, what's crazy you say that? Cause, um, if you guys haven't took the Enneagram test, there's seven, I'm, I'm a seven and Ron's probably got a seven wing or seven two, but they are, are eternal optimists and see like the best of everything. That's me, bro. And laugh at inappropriate times, which that's also me. I do like all the time. I get my wife gets mad because I'll like have almost a nervous laugh. Like I'm like are you laughing or I'll make some really inappropriate joke that's not, you know, like our first two years of marriage, she said I was inappropriate probably four times a day. <laughs> and, and it's cause, you know, especially at the wrong time. But I was like, you know, you're gonna laugh about it because if you have friends, you can laugh, you know, stuff about and enjoy. Man, that's just, I mean. If they get your humor, yeah, bro. Yeah. I've, I've told jokes and it just, you, I yeah. mean, it's dead silent in the room. Oh, yeah. And that's, the, it's, it's, you know, laugh about because, like, always like, you know, men know this. Like, your friends can tease you because there's been some, you've, you've like, bled together. They can joke with you, you know, because you've bled together. And that's the part, you know, you laugh about stuff because in the serious times, and I have friends that will bring up stuff from the past. I'm like, shut up. You know, but it's like funny stuff that I'll laugh at, you yeah. know, but that's the, that's what, you know, camaraderie and friendship, you know, that deep stuff. And man, also, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. And that's, that's one of the biggest things people get so serious about stuff. And just like, it's not, you know, like tomorrow, you know, laugh about it and, and get past it, you know, in, in the hard times. I mean, that really sit there. The laughter is a huge deal. And even smiling, man, he talks about, you know, how many muscles it takes to smile and how, you know, when you laugh and, and my wife would say, you know, like, smile at me and you know, make sure she's like, you know, smile at me because those things, because you know how it is, man. You can smile at somebody. You can change their day. It was just crazy. Just a little bit of just, you know, hundred percent. I let I hundred percent, man, put on the smile, man, laugh in the hard times. Um, you know, this is what I challenge you to do. If you're going through something right now, you know, and you've got the pack on and you got weight on your back and you're just taking a step each day and you feel like you're overwhelmed and it might be with the job, it might be with your marriage, it might be with your financial situation, just know that it just one more step. Just focus on the next step. If that 
pack is heavy, just take one more step. If you start looking too far in the future, man, you know, you're easy to crumble. Put a little bit of positivity in your life. Put a smile on. Laugh at the situation. Like sometimes, you know, something will happen in our house and my wife will just straight code red, you know, that's it. We're going, you know, the ship's going down. We, you know, mayday. SOS and I'll laugh at the situation like why are you laughing this is not the time and um and I'm telling you it make it throws a little bit as if I was to throw a flashbang in a room in a dark room dark situation I throw a flashbang in it it just lights it up just enough for me to enter the threshold and accomplish my mission that's I mean you know Kenner, here's one of the things we talked about we've talked about hard times um this episode but I think about you know, we're sitting there trying to, how to get through hard times, you know, sit there, you know, you know, change your perspective, you know, you know, learn from your failures, you know, sometimes it's a blessing, you know, not to get what you, you know, the part of the hard times, you know, also have fun, you know, other thing, be kind to yourself, you know, self-compassion, give yourself some grace. I mean, some people, man, do not know how to forgive themselves. They don't know how to give themselves grace, you know, because you're not going to be perfect. I mean, there's one perfect person walk this world and you're, there's not going to be another and, uh, you know, just sitting there, those are huge deal. You just give yourself self-compassion, you know, laugh at yourself. Don't take yourself too seriously because it's a huge deal. Can I tell you something, Rob? Okay. I used to struggle with that, dude. Taking yourself too seriously. I used to, you know, the whole thing is, you know, I didn't get respect from my dad. You know, he was a monster. And so what I, I, I kind of had that vow was, well, it, you know, I'm going to demand respect. You know, I took myself so seriously and I was so wound up that I didn't take time to laugh and joke. And now, you know, what's really cool when you start to really do some self analyzing. What's really cool when you're not that I'm done, I'm far from done. But when you get to a level where you know who you are and what you're doing on this planet, you can walk into a room and you can give a crap less about anybody else's acceptance, especially if you can laugh at yourself, you know, super, super important. I think another thing that's important about getting through hard times or easing the hard times, Rob, is uh, other people's negativity is not worth worrying about. Man, dude, negativity is like cancer, and it'll get deep into your bones and it'll rot your body. I firmly believe that. Just, I mean, I'm a huge person. Put up boundaries. You know, you don't have to be around negative people unless you're married to them that often. And that's where, you know, you change your atmosphere, but put up some strong boundaries. Like, you know, and even like stop is like, hey, if you're not going to talk like that, you know. What would go. you do if it's at work? It's at work, man. I, I believe in karate chop people. Man, you can be, you can be the. Hit them with coffee. You mugs. can be the thermometer or the thermostat. You can go with them and go up with the thermometer. You can be the thermostat and change the atmosphere. Dang. And that's, I mean, that's up to you. You can change that. Did you read that out of a book right there? What are you doing, <laughs> Rob? That was good, bro. No, it's just, I mean, I've learned the same thing because, you know, those people, it's easy to be the thermometer and you kind of join in with them, you know, and go down or up. And also, but, you know, to be the thermostat, you know, to change the atmosphere. And I think, man, I think that's, you know, sometimes prayer and sometimes like constantly is like, hey, not just being a jerk about it, but being positive, you know, sit there, you know, the positive thing and asking good questions. And when they're negative, a lot of times, man, when people are negative, there's like a root issue there that it might be at home, it might be at work, it might be, you know, they're insecure, it might be a ton of things, but, you know, not calling them out publicly, but, you know, privately talking, it's like, what's up, you know? So question for you, Rob, is what if one of our listeners is on the negativity train? How do they get off the negativity train? Man, I, my biggest thing is gratitude. Uh, they say gratitude has a bigger effect on your brain the way it fires than, than the feeling of love when you're honestly grateful. And man, there's a, there's a, one of the things that, you know, I try to do gratitude every day. And even this week I was sitting there, I walked my son to school, not school to walk him to the bus. He rides a bus a mile and I walked him out there, man. And I turned around after he got off the bus, I told him I loved him, you know, hugged him and prayed for him. And Got on the bus and I was thinking I get to take Rainy to school at nine o'clock instead of being, you know, mad. I got to take my daughter to school. I was like, I get to live a life where I pick my hours. I get to live a life where I get to hug and take my kids and tell them I love them every day if I want to. And man, I just kind of teared up because I was like grateful for this season of life. It might change next week, but I was like, this season I've got to enjoy it. You know, just being the moment for that was huge for me. And uh, just, you know, sitting there, but gratitude is such a big deal. And I think, man, every day, if you start your life off being grateful, 
just just for four or five things, think about things you're grateful for because you'll figure out like 99.9% of your problems are first world problems. You are 100% correct. One thing I challenge our listeners to do is instead of saying have to, say I get to. Just that, that's helped me out a lot. Instead of saying, man, I have to do this. Man, I have to. You know what you do? You take the have to, you remove it, and you replace it with I get to. Man, I get to turn this report in. I get to spend time with my family. I get to go to my son's lunch. You know, like, and it changes from this deep, uh, another what it changes your mindset. And also one thing that I challenge our listeners to stay away from is that victimhood. Victimhood will put you in negativity because soon you'll start to get this entitlement mindset and then everything becomes negative, you know? So yeah, it's the, it's, I get to, and that's that gratitude that I agree. I I absolutely agree with you. I I was listening to a podcast last week, uh, for Don Miller, if you guys know, he wrote Blue Light Jazz and Story Brand does a couple of things. And uh, he talked about how he's not had a bad day in 10 years. I know? love it. I love and, it already. And I was like, man, you know, like, you know, it's kind of that caught me. I was like, you know, this guy definitely good. He's like, even the day I lost, he's like, I lost $375,000 in one day. And I was like, man, how could you not have a bad day? You know, but he was talking about how he read uh, Man Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And I've read the book and, uh, Actually, I've read it a couple times, and it made me. I pulled it back out again because if you don't know the story, he was, you know, he's he's a great therapist, you know, I've studied, but he was in Auschwitz, um, in concentration camp during World War II, and survived it. Dang. And he talks about, you know, just you know, he imagined the future, you know, about what the things he was going to do, and just about you know the things that part of it. And I always think about, and I say this all the time, and I was like, it's a first world problem. I was like, my problems are not that important. But, you know, just perspective. And I think of that right there, he said, he, after he read that book, he said, I've never I have not had a bad day. And I think about it, too, because I was like, none of my days are really bad, you know? Dude, so. we are so fortunate, Rob. After church today, me and my family went to a, one of our favorite Mexican restaurants, right? We sat down, and we just ate, you know, and look around, and the place is full, right? So we ate. And I walked outside, and I stopped my wife, and I said, babe, we are so fortunate. And she was like, what are you talking about? Did you bonk your head? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? I said, we just went into a place. We sat down. They served us like kings and queens, brought us water. Some countries don't even have water. They served us based on our needs. We got up and left, and they clean up after us. Think about that while our two kids were socializing and playing on their phones some of the time on technology. Like, literally, we went into a restaurant, and they treated us like royalty. And she was like, wow, I've never really looked at us going out to eat like that, but you're absolutely right. And it's just changing the gratitude. I mean, it's a perspective changer, and that's where, you know, I would challenge... Just, I mean, look at the little things. It might, you know, and that's where a lot of times people, I can't find something. I was like, you can find, if you can breathe, if you can walk, you know, I mean, there's so many things to be grateful. If you have one friend uh, and just sit there, just the, and that's where you, when that starts to shift, I think perspective starts to shift. And I'm, you know, I'm a huge deal about that right there. You know, sit there, gratitude, you know, if you get out and volunteer, if you don't, if you're not, oh, even if you're like man. laid off with a volunteer for something that's not about you, you know, get outside of yourself. With nothing in return. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's my volunteer. Then, you know, also working out, man. That's what, you know, the thing about jujitsu, anytime I do it, I feel like my anxiety just goes down. I feel yep. like humility. I'm like, I sit there, I'm like, everything I left there on, you know, sit there on the mat. And that's those, those things right there is like, you know, for me, and you can find those things. I, I feel like a better person when I do that. Yep. And just, uh, sit there and go out, you know, and I challenge all of you guys to find those things, but the gratitude, you know, and we're coming up on Thanksgiving and, you know, man, I am so thankful for so many things, my friendships, you know, my wife, my kids, you know, health and, um, you know, the country we live in, you know, the freedoms we have and just, you know, live, I live every day. I live the most blessed life. And, uh, and, you know, sometimes I forget that and I live in, in just, you know, the season of life and right now I'm trying to soak it all up and be present in it. And that's one thing too. I challenge you guys to be present this next week with your family, with your friends, and just you know enjoy enjoy all parts of it. 
Yes, dude, 100%. Man, we live in a country that we can worship who we want to worship and, you know, have the freedoms that we want to have. You know, Jim Rome says, you know, if you're not listening to Jim Rome, you need to. He said, he said, how how much money can you make? All of it. There's no limit in America. How many languages can you learn? All of them. How many cars can you buy? As many as you want. We live in a land that's as much as you want. That's the limit. And so just think about that, how much gratitude that we can have and the potential that you could be successful. So just in the hard times, guys, just kind of recap before we close this out. Um, The reason why Rob and I wanted to talk about this subject is we've just been mentoring a lot of guys in some really dark places. And these are kind of the key points that we've been talking to them about. Hopefully it serves you. It might not be for you or it might be for you, but you just have an ego that you're not really to listen. So I just challenge you, uh, open your ears, open your mind and and see if it, uh, you know, speaks life to you at this point in your life, but kind of go over it. But uh, everything can and will change. It's seasonal. Learn from experience. Maybe what you don't get is a blessing. Allow yourself to have fun. Be kind to yourself, man. Be compassionate. Don't get involved with negativity. And there's always, always, always something to be thankful for. Hey, Rob, how about you take us out this time, buddy? Man, thank you guys for sticking with us. Um, crazy thing is, like, you know, me and Ryan, it's been two months we've been out on here, and, dude, we still have downloads every day. Dude, and, I, I that I'm thankful for, man. You guys are amazing people. Thank you. And forever grateful for the messages, the texts, the Facebook messages, uh, and just, you know, I get to be a part of your lives in a different kind of way, and thank you guys for all that, man. And just, uh, you know, thankful for just today and be here in our, our friendship and Man, you guys have a happy Thanksgiving, and this is 18-0010 out.